The Rebrand Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Welcome to the Rebrand Podcast, and I Hear Everything production. This podcast tells the stories of world-changing marketing campaigns as told by the people who build them. In each episode, you'll hear a brilliant marketer talk through the strategy, framework, and tactics used to elevate their brands to new heights. Ready to hear untold stories behind the brands you love? Then sit back, relax, and get ready for the Rebrand. Here's the host of the Rebrand Podcast, the CEO of the Harkey Group, Scott Harkey. All right, welcome to the Rebrand Podcast, where, as you know, we tell untold stories of world-changing brand campaigns as told by the marketers who build them. I'm the host and founder of the Harkey Group, Scott Harkey, and today we're going to hear about underlying factors that drive consumer purchasing decisions. Delving into the psychological, social, and emotional aspect that shape our buying behaviors, I have a dope guest today who I've been sort of excited about for weeks to have him on because he comes from one of the best agencies in the world. We have Marcus Collins. He's got his book coming out. He's the former chief strategy officer at Wyden Kennedy. New York, which of course was founded in 1995. Widen is a full-service creative agency with standalone media planning, buying, social design. Look, guys, you know who Widen is. They are the cream of the crop in terms of agencies. They started with Nike. If you talk to every one of the creatives at my agency over the last 15 years, Widen is who we all have crushes on because they do insane work and they do some of the best creative work in the world. So we're going to have Marcus on. So who knows where this goes, but I know he's excited. He's got his book coming out. So we'll talk about that. Of course, you know, Widen is known for creative that shifts culture, right? I've seen a million of their presentations and they're all freaking awesome. Yesterday, Marcus and I talked about the power behind what we buy. Fascinating conversation. We teased up a bunch of stuff for this episode, so we're going to bring them right back, and we're also going to get into rebranding Major League Baseball, which is going to be crazy. Here's my conversation with Marcus Collins, Chief Strategy Officer at Wyden Kennedy, New York. All right, brother, what's up? Hi, man. It's good to see you again. I want to get back into this McDonald's thing just a little bit real quick, because we didn't finish the full thought yesterday. And I think I said something like, on its surface, it almost looks like McDonald's pulled out some just great marketing strategy tactics. They got some celebrities behind it and they just killed execution. They bought a bunch of media and all of a sudden McDonald's back on top. But it's way deeper than that, as we know. And you said something about how like they were finally comfortable being who they are and they stopped trying to please everyone. Can you talk maybe a little bit more about that? Yeah. You know, what's that art of war quote? Everyone can see the tactics, but not everyone can see the strategy. And it's the strategy that's informed this thing here. You know, McDonald's getting punched in the face, man, for years. Burger King was just hammering them. But I mean, even it just, I mean, like McDonald's is basically carrying all the brunt of the entire fast food category. Truly, I mean, like 
after supersize me, you know, you think of the obesity epidemic in the country, hypertension, McDonald's became the punching bag for all things wrong with the American diet. And they were doing their best to try to appease everyone, to quiet the haters, to convince people on the fence and keep their current, you know, customers happy. And we know this, you try to please everyone, you please no one. Well, they're in a tough spot when you're number one and number two's chirping at you. You can't say anything. So they're kind of screwed. But it's like number two is like biting at your heels, at least trying to get at you. And the category is, you know, sort of being moved out of like regular fast food to fast casual. Right? It just wasn't a good sitch. So when we met McDonald's, you know, they're like, hey, can you help us navigate the hate? And we said, <laughs> well, yeah, a lot of people definitely hate you, but there's 96 million people show up at your door every single day. Like, that's a lot of love. Why don't you focus on the love? And they go, yeah, you're right. <laughs> you, you're absolutely right. We should totally do that. The thing is, they nor we, we didn't know who those people were. Who are those people that, despite the vitriol associated with being a quote unquote McDonald's fan, a McDonald's customer, who are these people that show up every day at their door and self-identify as a McDonald's fan? So the team did a road trip, a, a field ethnography to get a sense of who these people are. Right. And they talked to people from Illinois all the way down through the heartland of the country, talking to real life human beings that span the gamut when it comes to demography. Right. So age, race, gender, household income and, and the like. And what they found is that these people all shared some truths themselves about their fandom of being McDonald's and the team end up calling it fan truths. And some of these fan truths may, you know, ring clear to you, right? You know, like uh, no one wants a fry. You ask a friend for a fry, but they don't want any until you get yours. Now they want some. It's a fan truth, right? Like, you know, who doesn't eat the cheese stuck on the wrapper? If you don't, you're a monster. That's <laughs> right. But what the team found most profound was that no matter who you are, how famous, how big you are, everyone has an order. And it was that truth about McDonald's fandom, that truth about the brand's democratization that really drove this new way of seeing the world, that McDonald's is going to talk to fans like fans. Forget the haters. Forget them. We're going to talk to fans like fans based on fan truths. And everything that McDonald's has been doing since then has been observing fan truths and engaging fans through that lens. And the first was, you know, they celebrated fan truths across a wide spectrum of fans, right? From Magic Johnson, who I think eats a fish fillet, Whoopi Goldberg, who eats a, a Big Mac, even fictional characters like Count Dracula, who only eats the ketchup, or Romeo and Juliet, who shares a milkshake. And once this thing went out in the world, like people talked a lot about it. And it wasn't like with hate, it was like, this is unbelievable. Like, here's my order as well. And it was from that, that the team said, okay, this is a real thing, so let's make it real. And started partnering with people, famous people making their order available from Travis Scott to BTS to Sweetie, and most recently, Cardi B and Offset. I gotta make fun of my friends a little bit after KNC and, you know, Stagwell Group and 17 Sunday. I love 17 Sunday. They had like this whole fandom, like camp on the beach. I'm like, guys, that was... Biden Kennedy, they did that with McDonald's. Now they're doing MLB, like, okay, whatever. So I got to make fun of my friends over there a little bit. But side note, so go through MLB now. And I've seen both of these presentations at industry events. And they both blow me away. I mean, MLB, man, talk about a sport that is kind of, I feel like they're getting their ass kicked. I feel like they're losing, you know, millennials for sure. And they're catering to their base of like, my dad, the 60, you know, plus year old guy that like loves the stats and loves baseball. How it is. 
Well, you know, the game hasn't changed in forever, you know? And I think it's like what was missing or what was declining was people, attendees, people in the stands, you know, because the game didn't have a lot of action, right? And because the game became much more analytical, the defense got better. You know, people look at the numbers and say, okay, yes, you may think that this person is going to rock it out of the park, but more times than not, they're going to, you know, hit it to, the, to first base. So move the defense to first base, so now you get a whole bunch of outs, right? So, like, not a lot of people on base, and it became essentially a strikeout or home run game, right? And in the 2000s, you got a bunch of sluggers. It was the sluggers. Yeah, I remember the bash, Mark McGuire and Barry Bonds. Barry Bond, exactly. Hammering home runs, yeah. So, and that was exciting. Like, yo, great. Yeah, even the pitchers were jacked. I mean, everyone's on Roy. It was awesome. It was a Roy, it was Roy'd up. Exactly. <laughs> These were, looked like marshmallows. And it made the game really exciting. But then once the league started to crack down on that, home runs became less likely. The analytics made the game much more efficient, right, as far as defense. So the game just became less exciting. And the thing is that, like, people still love the game. It's still America's sport. But there were just other things that personified America's sports better, right? Like basketball was more exciting. Football is like, I would argue, football is a proxy for Americana. So all that is, that. so how do you change the sport where you got to reinvigorate the love and then actually change the, the game, which is what's happening, right? You have. Does Widen make that kind of recommendations in terms of products for some of their clients too? Or don't you guys just go back in your little black box and come up with just, you know, amazing creative that just, you know, immediately resonates when you do a bunch of media? So McDonald's, we did for sure, saying, here's our recommendation, right? Like, you know, those they were famous orders, those were those people's orders like like it was their orders right so it's products that are introduced through the creative idea i think we're at our best when we think about the entire marketing mix not just the the creative that we're going to put in the world but we think about all the pieces that play into the product product price place promotion right all those things go into into how we bring things to market and therefore that's the canvas in which i think the best marketers particularly advertisers play in did you bring back the five P's on us right there? Good job, Professor. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Jerome McCarthy, he wasn't wrong when he brought these things to bear. Going back to the five P's, I love it. I do think products more relevant than ever because people are able to customize products for consumers so much faster. I think it's making the CMO's job much more difficult. But I know we have just a few more minutes with you. So maybe just leave us with some Professor Wisdom. Well, it's final words for us as marketers. Like, what should we be thinking about? How can we be getting better? We should be thinking about intimacy. And I think that's probably the biggest paradox for contemporary marketers. Because we live in a world where there is an endless, a seemingly endless stream of data, just reams and reams and reams and reams and reams of data. And therefore, we go, oh, we have so much information on people that we know who they are. And while we have this exponential aggregation of data about people, our ability to extract insight that is meaning from that data rather than information is only marginal. And that's because we mistake information for intimacy. We think because we have information on people that we know who they are, and those two things are not analogous, right? Like 
I can look you up quickly before our podcast and listen to some of your previous recordings and look at you on, on LinkedIn and who you're connected to, where you went to school, who you're friends with, et cetera. But I don't really know who you are until we engage. I don't get a sense of that until we interact. And for marketers, the same thing goes, that we really don't know people until we engage with people, until we establish some intimacy with who they are. And that intimacy is only achieved when we see the world through their cultural lenses. It's because it's through our cultural lenses that we translate the world, that we make meaning of the world, and therefore navigate in the world accordingly. I mean, look, for some, a cow is leather. For others, it's a deity. And for some, it's dinner. Which one is it? Well, it's all of them, depending on who the people are. And you don't know that until you get close to them. You don't know those nuances, those intricacies of how they translate, navigate the world until you get close to them. And that requires a tremendous, tremendous amount of intimacy and empathy. I haven't heard that word in a marketing setting and we've, we've come up with a lot of buzzwords. What a great word in terms of intimacy. It's so lacking in, in our personal lives and in our romantic lives a lot of times. And so brands to really like, what a goal to really, you know, establish intimacy with your fans. I think that is brilliant. Man, that was really cool. I appreciate that. Okay, I know you got to go. So give us a plug for your book. Where do we buy it? Where do we get it? How do we get it? The book is called For the Culture, The Power Behind What We Buy, What We Do, and Who We Want to Be. It's available where all books are sold. Amazon, Barnes Noble, Target, everywhere. It is the biggest cheat code, I would say. If you want to get people to adopt behavior, whether you have marketing in your title or not, if your job is to get people to adopt behavior, this is the best cheat code for you. I love it. I'm going to get it right now. For the culture. For the culture. Oh, that's awesome, man. Hey, thanks for coming on with us. If you can't wait till the next episode and you want to learn more about Marcus, his Twitter handle is M-A-R-C-T-O-T-H-E-C. Or visit his company website, WK.com. All of our show notes will be at rebrandpod.com. So if you want to take some notes, I know there are a couple of one-liners in there that are just fascinating that Marcus gave us some gold. So go there, find it. You can find me on Twitter, Facebook, you know, all this stuff, just at Scott Harkey or at rebrandpod. Again, we're building a subscriber community. Again, what Marcus said is we can't build, we just facilitate. So just appreciate everyone who listens to this podcast. Hopefully we're bringing you guys the insights you need in our daily job. So that's it for today. But remember, it's never too late to rebuild, reboot, or rebrand. 